Hello and welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. Charlie, I'm excited today. Uh, we've known this guy for a little over 15 years. I first met him when he was a freshman at the University of Wisconsin. You met him when he was a rookie as a professional hockey player in Milwaukee. Uh, he is probably um, part of the greatest single draft defenseman class by one team in the history of the NHL, if that makes all the, any sense, right? When you think of this guy, Shea Weber, Kevin Klein, Alex Saltzer, all coming from the same draft and contributing as much as they did in the NHL, uh, Ryan Suter is in that group. It's remarkable. It really is to say that, uh, to, to hear all those names come out there like that. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're thrilled to have uh, the, maybe the, the first, since I was around, the first native-born guy to play for the Admirals. And that's a long time ago, but... Ryan, welcome to the Admirals podcast. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thinking of me, and I'm excited to, to sit and talk with you guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, first off, what has this been like for you? Not, I mean, we're normally, boy, we're normally closing in three months here since you would have reported to training camp. So what has this time been like for you uh, being at home with the family? It's been, it's been different. Um, that is for sure. Uh, obviously, usually training camp starts middle of September. Um, we'd be in the heat of it right now, just getting ready to probably go on the road for a week or two. Um, but there's no hockey and just kind of hanging out. Um, I mean, the, the good thing is we get to spend some time with, with my family and, and the kids that, you know, for the last well, since they've been born the last 10 years now, I haven't had that, that opportunity to, and uh, it's, it's exciting for sure. Ryan, do you, uh, well, let me ask, how, how many kids do you have right now? Yeah, so we, we have four. I got Brooks, he's 10. Avery is seven. Uh, Parker May, she is, what is she? She's five. And then Bo, our son, youngest son, he turns three in April, end of April. So are you a hockey dad now? Are there any of them playing uh, youth hockey? Yep. So the oldest two are, um, my daughter just started this year. She was begging me for years and finally I caved. Um, and it's, it's been fun. She, she works her butt off and she has fun doing it. And then Brooks, obviously he, uh, he's been playing for five or six years now and, um, he loves loves every minute minute of it. Also, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Charlie. I was just going to say I'm only I'm going to ask this only because I just put my own up and I'm waiting for it to get cold. Did do you put do you have a backyard rink at your house that you that you put up? If any year we were going to do it, it would be this year, I guess, where you have time to tend to it. Yeah. So we always do every year. We've done one. Um, the lake is. We live on a little lake, and that's starting to kind of freeze over um i think last year or the year before it was like middle of november we had all of brooks's yeah. buddies over for a, a you know like a skating party birthday party type thing and so we're just we're just itching to to get the to, boards up and to get out there skating to, to get out there absolutely absolutely 40 it's 45 degrees when we're recording this that doesn't help things <laughs> exactly it doesn't help things at all no no, let's talk about your time uh, in Milwaukee. It was just the one year, um, but 
I know Charlie and I met you a few years ago up in uh, St. Paul when the before a wild predators game and and uh, we had asked you what it meant and we know that that year was a big year for you uh, that year you turned pro in Milwaukee. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was kind of, you know, leaving Wisconsin. Uh, I had such a, a fun year. We got to meet some people that I'm still friends with today. Uh, obviously it's my hometown. So it was, it was tough to, to sign and to, to go, but to go and play an hour away from home in Milwaukee. Uh, and the, the guys that were on that team were, you know, a special group of guys. That was a, another fun year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was sad to leave, leave school, but it was uh, such a, a great opportunity to go and play in Milwaukee and, you know, play. It was, there were some really good players playing in the league that year because of the lockout and um, guys that are still playing today. We, you know, we run into each other, obviously out on the ice and, Every once in a while, you'll fire a jab out. Oh, yeah, uh, we played against each other. He was in Cincinnati, and I was in Milwaukee. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's fun just, you know, kind of growing up as a group of young guys in, in the, the league to where we are now. How, 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 how tough was the transition for you? Obviously, you played at a, at a high level, World Juniors and all of that stuff, but um, – being nine, I'm assuming it was nine, you were 19 years old when you turned pro. Uh, you're going into a league with men. Um, you, you had a player, I know you, you had said to us a few years ago how much Tony Herkus meant to you. Um, just, just things yeah. like that. What was it like being such a young guy? And granted, there were many young guys in the league that year, as you said, but um, it, it's a new experience for so many. Yeah, I, honestly, I think, um, having guys like Tony Herkus, Brad Tiley, those older guys um, really helped. But on the same token, it was nice having the other young guys that, you know, it was, it was new to me. I didn't know what pro hockey was. Um, and then to, to be there, it was a good stepping stone because there were such good players in that league, but it wasn't the NHL. So you didn't have, the, you know, the high end, the Brett Halls and the Steve Eisenman, those type guys were in the NHL, the Chris Chelioses when I was in Milwaukee. So you didn't have those guys, but you had all the young talent kind of learning and growing together in the AHL. Yeah. How, how much did the lockout impact like your, your attitude, your mentality in that you came to training camp in Milwaukee, you never had the pressure to make the club to make the big the big leagues in, Na in Nashville and get sent down so you could spend the whole year, you know, without having to worry about, am I getting called up? Am I, you know, how's my game? Or was it not so good? Because, you know, like Vern Fiddler had told us, there was less, you know, for the older guys, they may be a little bit less drive because they knew they, were, they didn't have to worry about getting called up. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was, it was great. You, honestly, I never even... At the, at the time, I never really thought about it, but thinking back, it was, it was a perfect situation. Um, the guys now, the young guys now, like they get called up, then they're sent down the next game or the next day. And I mean, that takes a toll on your body. So for me, I was pretty fortunate where 
well, for all of us, we were fortunate just to be focused there and, and not really have to worry about, you know, making the team or who's going to get hurt in the NHL. Do we have a chance? And you, we could be very focused on, you know, what we were trying to do there. How do you spend your time when you're, when you're a young player as a professional athlete? And again, you were a college student, not much before, uh, not much longer before becoming a pro athlete. So what, what, how, what was that transition like in trying to fill your days? Was that a hard thing to do? Uh, it was, that, that was probably the biggest thing for me. There was so much downtime. I'm used to kind of always being on the go and having things going on and, you know, pro hockey was boring. It was, you, <laughs> you get up in the morning, you go to the rink, you work out, you skate, and then you're done by noon, not knowing what to do with the rest of the day. Um, I mean, it can go, it can go a couple ways. You can, uh, you know, sit around and do nothing, or you can try to find something to fill your time. And um, you just got to make sure you, you pick the right thing to fill your time. Was it in, when to fill your, the right thing to fill your time? Um, you're, you're a young man, you're a, you're a pro athlete, but you're playing so close to home. Was there a temptation to go back like at nighttime, go back to Capital Ice Arena and, and help your dad out or something like that. And maybe you did that on occasion, but I got to imagine that there could be a temptation to do it all the time if you don't have anything yeah. to do. So if there wasn't stuff going on, I would for sure go back. I would, uh, I'd be back in Madison, usually on the, on Sundays, I'd, I'd head back. I mean, if we didn't have anything going, I'd right. run you, back. And Monday's and, usually an off day, right? Monday was an off day. Yeah. Yep. So we would, I would try look at the schedule and try to work the, the certain, certain spots where you can make it back. Um, obviously being so close, having family come to, to visit you was easy. They could pretty much come to every home game, which my dad did. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, you had to kind of pick your spots cause you didn't want to, you know, wear yourself out by going back and forth and getting into trouble in Madison and that whole thing. So you just, we, you had to be smart about it. You yeah. know, Ryan is being, he's being a little bit uh, humble here, Aaron, because I've told a number of people this, that you told me this, you've, you've said the exact same thing to me when you were playing, but you were the first player I ever had that came to me and said, I want to do community things. I want to get out in the community. We've always had good guys who always were more than willing to, to volunteer their time, but never have I had a player until you got to Milwaukee come to me and say, hey, what can I do to be involved in the community? And I don't know how to put you on the spot, but you participated in this humongous campaign that we used to do. It was you and Wade Flaherty and uh, uh, Matthew Darsh. It was a letter writing campaign that we did for, uh, uh, oh my gosh, now I can't remember, uh, Junior Achievement. And we, I bet you, okay. you probably, yep. we probably made 10 school visits and we picked some winners. I bet they, they, we probably had a thousand kids enter this contest and then you would write a letter uh, to the to 10 winners from various places and each guy did 10 different letters and then we went and visited the schools and everything like that. That's a long time ago. I certainly don't expect you to, uh, to remember that, but- It's funny. It's funny you say that because I actually, so that's our big thing at night. The kids are like, oh, can we look through pictures? And so we'll look at pictures of when they're kids and 
all of a sudden a couple pop up from Milwaukee and it's doing those school visits that you're talking about. So <laughs> that's that pretty right? funny. <laughs> yeah. That was like two weeks ago and that picture popped up and I'm thinking, huh, interesting. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but, I mean, amongst- it was, it's, I feel like when, when I was younger, I always looked up to guys like Chelios and my uncle Gary, obviously my dad and all these guys would be around the ranks and I would watch how they acted and how they interacted with, with people that would come up to them and kids. And I felt like when I made it, I wanted to be like them. So at Wisconsin, it kind of started. And then, you know, as I kind of got older, we, I wanted to continue that thing continue that same support and um yeah that's uh it's funny that you you bring that up because it's uh it's something that we were actually talking about too real quick that is pretty funny oh go ahead Aaron I I was just gonna say about your dad I I met your dad a long time ago 20 years ago roughly um there was a uh a reunion. He did a 20th anniversary reunion of that 80 Olympic team in Ma- in, Mil- in Madison. And then uh, there was a, a thing at Capitol Brewery in Middleton. And, and he was nice enough to invite me and include me. And he had no reason to do that. Uh, but it was it was awesome. And there I am with Steve Janicek and Buzz Schneider and Ken Morrow and all these guys. Yeah. It was wonderful. Um, and then a couple mm-hmm. of years later, I'm on the radio uh, in in Madison, and I was complaining because North Dakota came to town, and this was before you were playing at, at in Madison at, at Wisconsin, and North okay. Dakota was coming to town, and I was I don't know if I had to do a high school game or if I was doing a women's basketball game, but I was upset that I couldn't meet J.P. Parisi. I was a big North Stars fan; that's where I grew up, and J.P. Parisi, I, for some reason, I knew was going to be in the Kohl Center that weekend. Uh, the following Monday, I get to work and Brian Posick gives me a sheet of paper and I have it right in front of me. As a matter of fact, I'm showing Charlie the thing right now because I just found it from February of okay. 2000, February of 2003. And uh, Brian Posick gives me this paper and for, that your dad got for me. And your dad told Brian, tell Aaron to quit his whining. And I hope he enjoys this. Uh, but it's J.P. Parisi autographed the program. And it says to Aaron, thanks for being a great fan. Sincerely, J.P. Parisi. And that's what your, your dad got me. And it was just, he had no reason to include me, but he was, that's, it, it was low key. And I guess it's kind of like him, uh, if you, as you remember him, it, it kind of low key, never drew much attention, but would, would help people out in a, in a, in any way he could. And that, to me, that's that yeah. really special. Yeah. For, I, I, re, I have uh, people coming up to me to this day that say, Oh, I think I still owe your dad money. He got me a pair of hockey skates. Um, he told me just when I could afford to pay him to come in and pay him. Um, just all kinds of stories like that. Like he was just so easy going, so laid back and people really appreciated him. So yeah. you, you mentioned your dad came to every game in Milwaukee and I'm sure he, he's, you know, came to games after you left Milwaukee too. What, what, what would he say to you? would you guys talk hockey after the game? It see, it would seem like, you know, and just from the stories I've heard that maybe your dad would have been like, you know, Hey, tough game or great game. Let's go get a beer and talk about the Packers or something like that. Yeah. We did not talk hockey at all. Um, you know, I, I would ask him things. Uh, he would, he would say, Oh yeah, good job. You guys worked hard. 
um, <laughs> or that was basically it. It was telling me about what's going on back home, just trying to keep me as informed as, you know, I, I'm sure I, when I was younger, moved away, didn't really know what to expect. He probably felt bad for me, so he wanted to keep me up to speed with that stuff. So when he was around, it was basically talk about anything and everything but hockey. Got it. Can you tell me uh, Culver Academy, and that, that's produced a lot of talented players there, but um, that you were there. How long were you at Culver? I was there for a year. I okay. went my sophomore year. Um, basically, my uncle had played there, right. so I wanted to be like my uncle. So we, my dad got me there and um, was there for a year and then went to – Ann Arbor from there to play for the U.S. team. So you had been away, you had been away from home and then you come home and you play for two years. So how difficult was it to move then to Nashville um, and to start uh, your NHL career, I guess? Uh, it, it actually wasn't bad. Um, I think a big part of that was because of the year in Milwaukee with all those guys like Fitz right. that you were talking about earlier. Dan Hammers, yeah. Dan Ham, uh, Scotty Upshaw, Jordan Tooch, all these guys that we played together, we got to to Nashville together, so it made it a ton easier. I I think of that 0405 Admirals team, and I think I contend that it's maybe the most talented team we've ever had. Uh, partly because of the lockout, so Tutu is down, Hamhuse is down, uh, and and like and yourself had never had a chance to make uh, the Preds team. So, I mean, that team, it was just stacked and it was so fun to watch too, uh, that I got to believe it was fun to play as well. Oh yeah. It was great. I mean, the, we had, uh, Claude as a coach, we had just such a Todd Richards. We had such a, a good hockey group. Um, obviously we had some fun off the ice too, but, uh, it was a fun team to be on. You had the older guys, the Herkuses and the, Brad Tiley's that took us all in and helped us all um, develop and get ready for the next step. And there was no egos and it was just a, it was an awesome time. I, that was one of the, the best years of, of pro hockey that I've, that I've ever had. So many guys have said that uh, Pekka said that uh, a couple of weeks ago when we did this uh, with him. And I mean, is it just because it's, you have roommates, right? It's a, it's a, it's, it's usually a younger group. It's usually still sort of a, a college type of lifestyle to a degree, isn't it? Is that why? Exactly. Yeah. You're not really, you don't have kids yet. Most of us don't or didn't. Yeah. Um, you don't, so you don't have that worry. Uh, you can go out to dinner with your girlfriend, your wife. Um, and then you get to play hockey. Like, you can't right. uh, can't really beat that. Uh, I got to ask you about a specific game that uh, that it was the last game of the season, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm wondering if you've uh, what was I'm going through. I'm bad at remembering things, so yeah, I don't well, know if I'll remember. I think you will because it was the only the the only time in Admirals history where a goalie has scored a goal. It was in San Antonio. Okay. Were you in, were you, it was the last yep. game of the season and Seamus Kotick scored a goal. Seamus, yeah, I remember that, yep. Were you playing in the yep, game? Yeah, I remember. I was, yep. They, 
what, what I was uh I think I was on the bench. I don't know where where I was exactly, but I'm pretty sure I was on the bench and I watched that thing go in. That Seamus he could shoot the puck. I remember yeah. that. You know, I I just watched that play recently and and it was a offensive zone or defensive zone draw that was just one basically straight back to him. He didn't go behind the net and tee it up or anything like that. He settled it and then fired it just a just a simple wrister without moving his feet. It was it was an amazing shot. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys got to try to get him back on. <laughs> you know, Seamus had that long skateboard that he'd drive to practice. He was a character. He, uh, uh, I really enjoyed having him. And also, uh, all those goalies are little characters. Yeah, that, that's for certain. Have you been part of, an, of a goalie goal in your career since then? Uh, I mean, you'd think I'd remember. I don't think I have. Yeah. I, I know that we really, when uh, Stalock's in net, he can shoot it really, really well. Also, yeah. So I know when he's in net and the net, the goalie or their goalie's pulled, we're always trying to to get it back to him. But I don't think I have. Going back real quick, uh, you mentioned Claude Noel and Todd Richards. What would, we we like to ask players who played for Claude what their remembrances of Claude are because. Uh, as Charlie said, when Claude comes around and asks you how your game was tonight, and I'm sure he did that to you maybe once or twice, uh, how do you yeah. respond to something like that? Well, I think I I think he was a great coach. I think just his demeanor, he was he was calm. Um, he knew when to to joke around, when to be light. Uh, he just he I thought he was great. Uh, maybe it was because I was young and and naive, didn't really know, but. He uh, he just had a good demeanor to him, and he was a professional, and he was uh, he knew exactly what he wanted and knew knew what he was talking about. Is there a difference? What was the difference between, uh, if any, between because you played for some great college coaches that that year in Madison? Was there a big difference going from college to pro when it came to coaching? Yeah, big difference. I think when you when you're at college, it's we have all week to, to prepare for the next team and pro hockey is you got to forget about it and move on, obviously make your corrections and, and be ready for the next game basically. And in college, it's, you beat up the film, you beat up everything. You're, you're mad, you're angry. If you lose, if you win, everything's good, but you're, you're still preparing for that next opponent. And it's just a, it's a totally different mindset in college uh you you actually have time to work out and to, to do those things yeah we try to do as much as you can but when you're playing every other day it's it's hard to to find that time to continue to get you know bigger and stronger off the ice sure so speaking of coaches the guy who you're playing for currently is another important person in admiral's history and that's dean evison the winningest ahl coach that we've had uh, how has you okay. obviously, obviously you haven't had a ton of time with Dean because he's 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 still relatively as head new. coach. Yeah, as, head, as coach. head coach. Yeah, did I say assistant coach? Well, no, but he. he oh yeah, he's, he's been, been the there a couple of years. years. Yeah. Yes, you know, a couple of years. Yeah, I, my memory's not very good either. So, uh, <laughs> what uh, you know? How how what do, what do you like about Dean and uh, uh, and what does he bring as a coach? Well, I actually had a conversation with him today. We were on the phone today. Uh, good conversation. Um, 
he's very straightforward. I think he, uh, I think he's a very good coach. I think he's very detailed. Um, we've enjoyed having him as a team. Uh, you know, as the assistant, the, the assistants, they don't really say much. I think they, they don't want to step on toes. I think they kind of just mind their business and, you know, do what they're, what they're supposed to do. And, um, you know, now that he's taken over the last few months of the season of last season, um, I'm looking forward to, to him. I think he, he's very thorough. He obviously knows the game. He played the game for a long time and he's, it's, it's a lot easier as a player to listen to a guy that has, and I'm not saying anything against any pass coaches. It's just, it's a huge bonus for Dean that he played the game for as right, long right. as he did. He's gone into battle. He did. Exactly. Yep. He, uh, this is, I don't want to exaggerate too much, but in my time in, in 20 years doing this, Dean is the best storyteller that I, that I think we've had. <laughs> yeah. He has some of the most fantastic stories uh, and he's very good at telling them. So and they're all animated and yes, exactly. He's very good at telling them. <laughs> and, and, and he's not afraid to drop an F-bomb every other word either, which I think enhances the story. <laughs> Correct. On, on the ice um, last year when he started to take over, all the media is there and I'm, he's just, you know, he's telling you the drills and just explain them at the board. And I'm just like, oh, I, I need to like grab them, pull them aside, be like, hey, all those people, they can hear everything you're saying. <laughs> so just, just know that. But he figured it out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's real That's good. That's great. Absolutely. When you, Ryan, we, I know you're, you're pressed for time here. We'll let you go here in, in a second. But we always like to ask players who have been through Milwaukee. Um, when they think of their time in Milwaukee, what do they think of? So I'm asking you. Uh, I, you know, I think of the, the friendships. I'm still very close with Tony Herkus. I think of the friendships that I've made with the, the teammates that I've had. Um, those are some of my best favorite times. Uh, uh, what else? I mean, I remember, I just remember so much free time. <laughs> you know, I, I from, you, you practice and then you're like, Oh geez, what do we do? So you're always hanging out with the guys outside the rink and, you know, you didn't have, you didn't have the, the kids and, and all that to, to go and have to go to hockey practice and do that. You could just, like you said earlier, it, it was like being in college and um, we had so much fun after, after games on, you know, Friday, Saturday nights and we didn't play for a few days. Like, just the the stories that uh, if some of those little bars could talk, just all the all the fun times that we that we had with with each other, and um, it was it was great memories. That's the thing about playing at this level, though. When you're a young man, is that that team, that locker room becomes your whole world. And I always say, I respect people. I respect the players on the team that have been here over the years that have developed relationships outside of the locker room because it shows that they're mature enough to, to go outside and, and be and comfortable enough with themselves, maybe is the better word, to, to develop a yep. relationship rather than with the person they sit next to every day of the week. Yeah. But it's a tough sure. thing There's to do. It's a, to tough thing to do. it's a tough thing to do. Yeah, because I mean, 
it for sure it is. And when you get older, you're you have families and you're hanging out with your kids' family, right? The, the kids on your kids' team, right? Their parents. You're you're all hanging out together, and there's really not a, the younger guys kind of hang out together up here, but you know for the most part it's once you leave the rink you don't see each other until you until you're on the road and or you're you know you got a christmas party or a team party at home right yeah yeah absolutely yep ryan uh we'll let you go it's been great to talk to you we wish you nothing but the best obviously uh this year in the future um thanks again for your time and uh and take care yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. It's it's fun uh, catching up on, you know, some of these old memories that you don't you don't think about every day. So thank you guys. So it's great. It. it was it was great to talk to you. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks guys. We'll talk to you. Let me know if if I can help with anything in the future. Yeah, the the, the answer that. is definitely yes, and we'll be in contact. <laughs> Okay, perfect. Sounds good. That's Admiral's alum and current Minnesota Wild defenseman Ryan Suter. We thank him, Charlie. Uh, great to talk to him. Um, really, like like I said, we I met him when he was a freshman at Wisconsin. I was doing the games there for Wisconsin Public Television, and you met him the following year when his when he started his pro career. And um, just talking to him, and granted, I'm not around him. I haven't been around him on a day-to-day basis in many, many, many years, but it, it, his, the way he talks, he's the same guy as he right. was. And it, he reminds me so much of his dad. And, and I, you can see that, you know, he's spoken on many times about his relationship with his dad, but it just reminds me so much of, of the times I, and they, again, there wasn't many of those either, but, but Bob was, Bob was a really giving guy. He came to, he, remember he came to Milwaukee with, with, Buzz for Schneider. The, with Buzz for the anniversary. Yeah. Um, and we probably, we probably paid him 50 bucks in per diem and didn't, he didn't, <laughs> and he didn't even probably didn't even want that. Right. Yeah. But like we had to do something for him, Yeah. but he brings yeah. the, brings the gold medal along. I uh, wish I still had the cell phone where I, cause I, I took a picture with it, with the, with the, uh, with that 1980 medal. Yeah. Yeah. With the 80 medal on probably a flip phone. Yeah. Um, but like, he was just so, he was so, you can tell that he, that Ryan was cut from the same cloth from his dad. And I didn't know his, know his dad particularly well. I just, from that experience there, um, but just, a, a really, when we were talking at the beginning of the show, I was, we were almost going to, I maybe introduce him from the first family in Wisconsin hockey, right? Like that's sort of what they are. Yeah. I mean, you think so. And they, they were all born here. And I, you know what, um, a few years ago, I went to um, the, uh, the the Wisconsin Hockey Hall of Fame banquet up in uh, Eagle River. River, yeah. I went, so I went up there, and I ended up sitting at a table with his grand with Bob's dad, Ryan's grandpa, Marlo. And is that right? It was yeah, and it was just by happenstance. And but what a night! It was so great. It was yeah. just the the conversation with Marlo Suter and him telling stories about how they would bus from Madison because there was a guy around Rockford who had a barn and he, he was a rich guy and he liked to have games. So he would like hire teams to come down and play play, basically for his amusement, you know? And I, I mean, just really cool things like that. Like literally, literally barnstorming, literally barnstorming and going to play in a barn for sure. And uh, it was, it was really cool. So, I mean, just, you know, just good people. Good, yeah. good people. And you're, you're right. You, 
you know, you can say the same thing. Maybe it's the Johnsons. Well, I think Badger, you know, Mark was born in Minneapolis. Right. <laughs> so, um, so that, he's disqualified. So yeah, uh, Badger might have been too. Um, but but anyway, um, yeah. yeah. But but uh, you know, they, they're they're lucky. They're my time doing the Badger games for a couple of years, and you get to meet some of these people, and Jeff Sauer, and just some of these real special people. Uh, not only to Wisconsin hockey, but to just to everyday life and, and how much they gave to their communities is it, it, it's pretty awesome. We, we talked at the beginning, Charlie, my intro was that he, beca- he was part of the possibly the best defenseman drafted class for a single team. And I was looking back that when Ray Bork was drafted, um, he was a first round pick eighth overall, 15th pick overall for Boston was Brad McCrimmon. And then there was another fella named Larry Melnick drafted in the later rounds. And Melnick ended up playing some games with the Rangers. He he had a couple hundred, 300 games, maybe more than that. Um, but that's seriously like the only one I can come up with that would even be close. even close to Ryan Suter's definitely a U.S. Hockey Hall of Famer and, and maybe an overall Hockey Hall of Famer, yeah. maybe. Shea Weber, I think, is a definite Hockey Hall of Famer when you consider his Olympic experience and what he's done as a professional athlete, yeah. Kevin Klein was a solid big league defenseman for many, many years. Alex, Salter, games. Yeah. Alex Salter was sort of a Swiss army knife. He didn't have the career in North America, but he did, he did pretty well for himself. And so just those four guys I mean, from that draft in 03, all defensemen. And they, they also took a guy named Richard Stahelik who <laughs> came to Milwaukee for a short time and, uh, and literally an quit, ending. <laughs> literally quit in uh, Quad Cities during the game. He right. informed and, everybody that he was going home uh, uh, during I, the game. During I, the game, he was going to go home. I believe he said, "I play third period and then I quit." <laughs> and Lane said, uh, Lane "No, said, you're not yeah. going to play." Yeah, no, no dice. Good so, yeah, try. We didn't. We didn't have Richard Stahelik after that. No, no. That and the. Uh, other, I'm, I'm looking at the draft right now. Paul Brown was in that draft class. Paul Brown was a third-round pick. pick, yep. Yep. And then uh, a bunch of guys who I uh, don't recognize, uh, all Eastern European yeah. uh, guys. Uh, their second-round pick was Konstantin Glazishev. Glazishev? Yeah. Um, played for Yaroslav Lokomotiv, and I don't, but I don't know if he was on that team uh, yeah, that's several uh, years before. Yeah, that's yeah. many years before. But he's could, very possibly could have, <laughs> could have, yeah, could have been. I mean, um, it wouldn't. It had been probably eight. It was eight years late. It, it was. It was eleven, wasn't it? Eleven. I, I don't know. Well, we can go back and. Uh, I think and it was September it. of eleven. Yeah, but anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, you think think of that draft class, those guys, and then when Ryan is a young pro and, and you're playing with your, your defenseman in, in Nashville and let's go to 06, 07. So Ryan's got a couple of years in the NHL. Shea Weber is a full-time rookie that year. He split the season in 05, 06. Kevin Klein, Greg Zanin, uh, those guys were close. Uh, Timonen was probably there, uh, but that would have been, was Jidlitsky there? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I in, believe in, so in at Nashville. that point. So he was on his way out though, because they were making room for some other guys. Um, and then Pekka was a couple of years after that. And Pekka hasn't left since beginning, be basically being there since 08. He had a cup of coffee here and there, but, 
since 08. So you think of that young team that they put together defensively from the blue line back. Yeah. Um, as impressive a run as, as you could, as as could you possibly, could possibly have. Right? Yeah. It really is amazing. Yeah. And that's, the, I mean, Andrew Hutchinson, Hutchinson is uh, around yeah. then, and he would go around, along to, uh, he would go on to win a Stanley Cup uh, in Carolina. Didn't have the career uh, that uh, these other guys did, but I mean, just a remarkable number of players yeah. uh, that Nashville developed there. It's just, yeah. and it does, that doesn't take in co- into account the forwards, which are pretty good also. And Scotty Upshaw and Jordan Tutu and Rich Peverly, although he didn't, he didn't, uh, uh, he didn't go, you know, make his uh, mark in Nashville. He went on to right, but Fiddler would have been that. Fiddler would have been, been there. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, pretty crazy no that that group i mean the blue line back is you know nashville had the reputation of always of barry trotz playing that way and then nashville always defensively they run were it through the defense yep. up front and well yeah it would have been great to have a couple of guys up front but that dan, you know, we didn't even mention dan ham did we or did we did you say dan Hughes? i, I mentioned I mean, yeah um okay, so yeah i mean just a really really remarkable group uh, and all young and all, and then you have to make decisions, right? They all become free agents at about the same time. And, yeah. uh, you know, Pekka stayed, Shea Weber stayed, uh, cause they matched an offer sheet was gone soon thereafter. And right. Ryan almost Suter, right. I forgot about the Philadelphia incident. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ryan Suter, um, ended up signing in Minnesota as we all know. So, yeah. um, it's, you know, salary cap, times that you know if, if there's no salary cap i don't know that nashville would have had the money to assign everybody but right those are those are three pretty important pieces that are well let's think about it they're still important pieces 15 oh, years 15 years after they started their professional career they're still important pieces right to their respective teams right i like regardless of what people in nashville think of ryan he was an integral part of that organization getting consistent NHL success and yeah, they signed Paul Correa and Peter Forsberg came for a cup of coffee. Uh, but you know, the Ryan Suter, Shea Weber, Kevin Klein era, that is what, you know, started to solidify Nashville as a legitimate team Yeah, and it started starting with the defense and then going out. Yeah. That, and that's how Barry wanted the team to play. And, and that's how David built the team. Yeah. Uh, and it's really, it's, it's impressive. It's really and, and, you know, Paul Fenton handled, handled a lot of the drafting Ray yeah. Shiro. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, those guys are, are bright guys. They know how to, they knew what they were doing and uh, yeah, it, it made them relevant. It made them, you get that honeymoon of being an expansion team and people are interested in looking at pro hockey for the first time NH major league hockey for the first time. Right. And now you go, now what's going to keep them around? Well, you draft and develop a few guys. And then you add, like you said, you add Peter Forsberg to the mix. And that's a name that at the time, everybody, even, you know, that, that he was like, I know nothing about soccer, but I know who David Beckham is. Right. right that right, that right. kind of thing. I know who Pele is. I know who Maradona is. I know, you know, guys like that. So when you add a name that people are Paul Korea, when you add a yeah. name that, that, that people has recognize as some cachet. Yeah. Um, Philip. Philip Forsberg, who obviously know who Peter Forsberg was. 
told me that when he was a kid, he told people they had the last name. So he would tell people that, well, that was, that was my uncle, that they're related. <laughs> Did he because, really? Yeah. That's what he told me. Cause He's, he always, yeah. Cause well, when he was little, yes. Cause yes, that, that, obviously that, not when he was playing for the Admirals. Well, and w- yeah. Cause when he got, cause that's the question that I get when you go around to broad, you know, um, for people, and this is this is not too inside hockey here, but when you when you go to an arena and you're seeing you 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 go and find the other broadcaster and you say, okay, how do you you know if there's difficulty pronounce pronouncing name? names or whatever, are there any stories about certain players or whatever? And invariably, is that Peter for is he related to Peter Forsberg? Is he related right. to Peter Forsberg? That's that's one of the things that that always came up and. If I had only told you this story, it would have been that would have been great fodder for. It really uh, would have. For, it, I mean, really I would. would have, you know, when he was seven, he told everybody he was, but he. Really <laughs> <is>. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, and I know this was completely off topic, but it never occurred to me until you had a clip of when we spoke to Ken Sabrin a few weeks ago. And you put up some video of Ken Sabrin and there was some pushing and shoving going on around the net against Las Vegas. And did you notice there was a, a Quinny that played for Las Vegas? Yeah. And it turns out that that's Gage Quinney's dad, which I never put two and two together, but really Gage Quinney who played for the wolves and yeah. was born in Las Vegas. And I, and obviously his property of the Vegas golden Knights. Um, right. Th- I, I never put two and two together that, you know, I never, it, it was never in any bio information. Dad played right several years and was a top player in the IHL. Was uh, he? Yeah. So uh, that, that was, that was pretty neat. I'm glad that clip came up because that was, that was really cool to see. It's one of those things that you just, I would never have put two and two together. I saw the Quinny on there and I actually, I thought the reason I remember it is because I went to high school with the last girl with the last name Quinny. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, well, that's interesting. I didn't even never thought of Gage Quinny until you just met her, mentioned it right yeah. now, but obviously it makes perfect. Uh, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, uh, it was neat to see. And, and I'm, it, it started me to thinking about um, as we talk with Ryan about Bob and uh, a little bit about his dad, Bob Suter um, and, you know, Gary, his uncle, Gary, Gary uh, yep. who played a long, long time in the NHL and was an all-star and, and one of the really, one of the really great defensemen to play in the last 30 years, 40 years in hockey in the NHL. Um, but, yeah, I, I've started to write a little bit for the website. And I think one of the things I want to do is kind of do, do that now. Like Matthew Olivier's dad played professional hockey and he oh, didn't a play game. a long time at the AAA level, but he had a, he had right. a few games. And uh, that's why Matthew is the first player Mississippi uh, born in Mississippi yeah. to uh, play in the America, to play professionally, I believe, if not in, in, at well, least in, in the, the NHL, yeah. NHL, yeah. but I, and maybe professionally. It could be. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just things like that. Like there are a lot of guys who, um, you know, their dad, you know, whether they played at some a level in well, Jared Tenorti, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Know, his dad was my favorite player. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't have the guts to ask him this. And I really, really wanted to, when he was in for the father's trip last year, first yeah. of all, he just took it in. Like he was, you would never guess that this guy was a captain of two NHL uh, yeah. teams, organizations that he, you know, how he was take, he took things, he was just walking around and you can't see me because we're on video, but 
uh, like he was just looking at everything, just soaking it all in. And wow, this is so great. This is so cool. Thank you so much. Couldn't have been nicer. But my question that I really wanted to ask him, and I asked Jared this, but I didn't have the guts to ask his dad, is why he didn't get the cameo in the Mighty Ducks. Mike Madonna, obviously the star, but Basil McRae got the other one. And I, I thought it should yeah, I, I, I guess, but uh, I, I don't you know. know Mark, ba Mark Basil's up there the, too. Basil's yeah. up there too is, is one of my favorites. Mark Tenorti, he was the captain at that time, wasn't he? I think you would know better than I, I guess, but I- I'm trying to think because at that time they were really rotating through like Basil may have worn the C, Kurt Giles, Broughton had it for a little, like they were really rotating the C around there in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. And they did that for the wild too, uh, right? <laughs> they uh, did forever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember time. Alex Henry was a captain to start Alex, the one year up there. Yeah, he sure was. And that actually brings it, that sort of brings us full circle is that Ryan uh, has, Ryan Suter was never, has not been the captain for the wild, but he's always been in a leadership position everywhere he's gone. Yeah. Right. Captain. I think he was no captain what, of the world. No matter what age. Right. Captain of the world junior team. Yeah. Uh, started wearing an A in Nashville. I believe he was the captain of the world junior team when in 04. Um, and even I, uh, just a year or two into his Nashville tenure, he was wearing an A. Not a vocal guy. Right. Quiet guy. But so not a rot. Not Greg Zanin. Right. Um, right. But but led just a classic lead by example uh, type of player, uh, and it's it's a test like it's just a testament to him that he's played this long and he's been a leader this long as well. You know Ryan now uh, I guess I, I don't I had, he's he's probably 35, 36 years old and still to still you figure, be, yeah probably thirty five yeah I mean to still be playing at this level is. Uh, it's 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 really re re remarkable. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of World Juniors, we'll wrap this thing up here. Speaking of World Juniors, did you see the picture that I I, I found about uh, when the World Juniors? It was been the 05. Yes. Uh, World Juniors when they had them in Robert Grand Dietrich. Forks, yeah, Grand Robert Forks Dietrich. River Falls. So they they played at Ralph Engelstead Arena in both Grand Forks is the one where the University of North Dakota plays, and then Engelstead built an arena in Thief River Falls, where his hometown. Oh. Which where is my where my family is from and Wyatt Smith and Wyatt Smith as well and and Brian Brian Lundbaum is from uh, War Road Rozo. Rozo Rozo not yeah oh so Rozo and War Road are right next to each other right and they hate each other yeah yeah, yeah. yeah Jason they, Goulet was another guy he was from War Road and not Goulet was uh, Rozo. from War Road yeah, yeah. anyways and then I'm Wyatt sorry. Smith ended up transferring to play at War Road oh is that right uh, he was one of the first big. Um, that you could, you could, I, I can't remember what it's called, but you could leave your school and play for another district. Like he was one of the first guys that was able to do that, that I remember. I've been, I, that's probably that. a big deal. I mean, obviously White went on to play huge at the university deal. of Minnesota. And yeah, so huge deal. What's just, huge just deal. this wasn't just some random second line type of guy. <clears throat> no, no. Um, but so Thief River Falls has two of the best ranks you could ever find. The one that they had was phenomenal I mean, and then they get this one that Ralph, they get a billionaire to build them another <clears throat> uh, it, it's tremendous but anyway yeah um i i put it up on twitter i you got so many old newspapers in my house it's unbelievable and i finally like put them in a container that they're all together but yeah the, on the front page of the grand forks sports paper from december 28th or whatever of 2004 robert dietrich robert was defending dietrich. Sidney crosby yeah. it was really cool to see it was really cool to see I, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that, that was really neat. That was, uh, 
definitely awesome to, to so. see that. We've got, I have, you know, through, here's a shameless plug for people who are listening. If you don't follow Admiral's history on Twitter, I've just sort of rebooted it. We started it last year and it sort of ran, I just got away from it, but I have so much archival footage from the Bradley Center, highlights of everything that ever happened there. Yeah. Uh, it's just awesome to go through to see, to get highlights from whoever, you know, for to get highlights of Ryan Suter, because like, you know, we've only been able to keep our own video highlights for probably the last 10 years. Everything before that would have just had to have been held by the Bradley Center. Everything now we can hold as the admirals, but the, it, it belonged to them and they were nice enough to give it to us. And so opening of the Bradley Center and Phil Whitliff's Jersey retirement and well, the NHL games that all the NHL there. games, like the Kelly Ruddy game uh, that we posted <clears> about that Woj always talks about a famous Woody Harrelson show in the atrium where they had 5,000 people packed in the atrium, literally crawling on pillars to hear him play uh, guitar to, to see him. And he did. Yeah. He played his band and he played, uh, there's a clip of him that I'll, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll probably posted it before of him playing the Kelly song from cheers. He brings some girl <laughs> up on stage and what I thought was funny is that she just, she did not look comfortable up there. She was, it was a little bit awkward. I think he thought she was going to get into it. Hey, yeah, uh, Kelly, great name. And she just wanted nothing more than to be down from that stage. <laughs> uh, Knock off Schmirnoff, we've got video of. Uh, and uh, Quick Change too, who uh, unfortunately they, uh, the, the gentleman in Quick Change Act just passed away hmm. um, from COVID, unfortunately. So, uh, uh, but I loved that act. I don't know if we ever had quick change when you, when you, have you ever seen quick change? Them, no. No. Oh my gosh. It was so like literally dizzying to watch this woman change clothes outfits 20, 30 times in a 10 minute little thing on some carpets on the ice. You have to Google it. It's remarkable. You're going to pause it and put it in slow motion and try and figure out what she did. And you still can't figure it out. It's that good. There, I think we can close with that. Yeah, I mean, is there any better way to, uh, Charlie to end? heartily endorses quick change. Quick change. Oh, could not any more heartily endorse quick change. <laughs> that's good stuff. One of my favorite uh, uh, intermission acts we've ever had. That's great. That's great. It was fun to catch up with Ryan Suter. Um, I think we can wrap it up, huh? I think so. I All think right, so. we'll wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening to this Milwaukee Admirals podcast. You seem to have it all, you seem to have control, but deep within your soul.